0: Pour a glass, mug, or your favorite support bottle and sit down as we invite you to a refreshing conversation. Welcome to Drinks with Dietitian Podcast. I'm Juliana. And I'm Emily. We're both
1: intuitive eating dietitians on a mission to create a space where we can all come together to talk about nutrition free from judgment and restriction.
0: We're pouring up practical advice to empower you, our listeners, to discover food freedom, make nourishing choices, and enjoy a life where food is a source of joy, not guilt or shame. I hope you're thirsty for today's episode as we get ready to
1: spill the tea on common food problems people face during the holidays and what to do about them. Cheers.
0: Cheers! So Emily, what are you drinking tonight?
1: I'm drinking a holiday classic hot chocolate with marshmallows. It's
0: one of my favorite drinks when it starts to get a little chilly outside. What's in your cup? Oh, that sounds so comforting. That's also one of my favorite drinks when it's cold outside. I'm actually drinking a more fall-inspired type of drink, a spiced apple cider. I heat it up in the microwave and put a cinnamon stick in it, and it's so spiceful. Is that a word? We're going with it. Spiceful. And I love it. it. That sounds so <laughs> fancy.
1: So us. We could not have picked a more perfect time to launch a podcast about food with the holidays fast approaching. I mean, when I think of holidays, food is such a staple to so many traditions.
0: Absolutely. Food is like a superhero. It can do more than one amazing thing, right? We're all about this idea as intuitive eating dietitians, and you're definitely going to hear us chat about it on this podcast. We truly believe that food should be never labeled good or bad, healthy or unhealthy, when in reality, food is food and all foods fit. Exactly. Food has many more
1: purposes than just being something we nourish our bodies with. While nourishment is the primary purpose, food, especially around the holidays, is something that can bring families and cultures together. Are there any specific foods or traditions that
0: you have when it comes to the holidays? Growing up in an Italian household, there are just so many yummy foods that I have around the table on Thanksgiving. One of them is, of course, a lasagna. And of course, we can't forget about the sweet potato pie with the marshmallows, right? So that's good. And we're also hosting our second Thanksgiving. So we actually went food shopping last night. We like to do it early to beat all the shopping traffic. And we got everything done.
1: That sounds so fun. I've never heard of lasagna on Thanksgiving, but honestly, I would eat that up. Oh my gosh. Well,
0: if we lived in the same state, I would definitely invite you over or just bring you some.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you have to ship some to me.
0: Okay, like, I'm going to UPS the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, expect (laughs) like a whole shipment, it's coming. (laughs) What about you, Emily? Do you have any specific traditions or special foods that you have on Thanksgiving? So not me particularly, but I've never
1: met someone who loves jelly cranberry sauce more than my husband's family. They even eat it out of season. So one year, I think it was closer to COVID times, the stores ran out of the ocean spray cranberry sauce, and we had to buy the off-brand that year which apparently is just the worst thing that you could possibly do. Um, I wouldn't know because I'm not really the biggest fan of it, but I mean, this is a huge deal in our household. So now every year leading up to Thanksgiving, we have to stockpile the the jellied cranberry sauce to make sure we have enough on Thanksgiving.
0: Oh my gosh. Every time that I go to your house, I'm 100% just going to show up with like a can of cranberry just for your husband. If yes, <laughs> he likes it be- that much.
1: <laughs> you would be so welcomed. I think they all get, like, their own can around the holidays at you each You should meal. put that in his <laughs> stocking on
0: Christmas. That's a good
1: idea. I bought him a Christmas ornament, and it's just a cranberry sauce can.
0: Honestly, this is goals. It's really inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving and food go together like pumpkin pie and whipped cream. When we hear Thanksgiving, our brains immediately jump into visions of scrumptious meals and stomachs so full that they're practically bursting. It's a time to give thanks, but also a time to gobble up some grub, right? What are you cooking up this year? Who's hosting the feast? The menu is the main event, but let's face it, for some people, food can certainly stir up all sorts of emotions, and rightfully so.
1: Absolutely. While some people are looking forward to the Thanksgiving feast, There are so many people out there where holiday meals or the ramifications of holiday meals can be very upsetting. People struggling with poor body image or disordered eating may find it especially hard to enjoy holidays when food is the centerpiece.
0: I guess we can get personal on this show, right? Because it's our show, Drinks with Dietitians, and we are the intuitive eating dietitians. So I'm just going to jump right into it. I remember when I was a teenager and I began my disordered eating habits, which I thought was normal because this was the norm to anyone who wanted to look like they could be on the magazine cover of Teen Vogue back in 2010. There is one specific memory that will always haunt me about a particular Thanksgiving around the time when Activia yogurt was like all the craze. I remembered I had a 60 calorie yogurt because I was going to have a gigantic meal later This behavior was purely me saving my calories for a huge binge, and it didn't seem like a binge at the time, and this behavior created more stress and ultimately no joy for the holiday. There are so many people, like my old self, that save their calories for Thanksgiving or any holiday or event because they know that there will be foods that they usually do not eat on later.
1: Yes, I feel like so many people can relate to that. There's people out there that do struggle with being restrictive with food that's meant to be enjoyed. Also, restriction may look different for everybody. Maybe you do enjoy meals leading up to Thanksgiving and you enjoy your Thanksgiving food, but then the days following, you feel like you need to quote unquote, make
0: up for everything you ate by restricting after the holidays. Perhaps you're convinced that certain foods are only allowed during special events. So when that day finally arrives, you go all out and devour that one particular item. And for many people, this is where desserts come into play. But hold on to your sweet tooth because I feel that our clients are always blown away when we tell them to stop restricting their fun foods quote unquote.
1: Yes, welcome to the dessert fan club over here. One of Cheers. the key parts One of the key parts of intuitive eating is fueling your body for health. So, yes, we eat all the foods that people see as quote unquote healthy, but we also enjoy foods that aren't always considered healthy. And I'm cautious to even throw that term in there, healthy, because to me, pizza is just as helpful as a salad. They're just two foods that have different benefits. And when you stop using terms like healthy and unhealthy or good or bad foods, it allows you to really branch out and incorporate all kinds of foods into your diet. So back to what we were talking about with the desserts. When you allow yourself to have dessert, not just on special occasions, it takes the dessert off a pedestal. So you're not craving it and then binging on it when you finally allow yourself to have it.
0: Ah, yes. Restriction. One of the major hurdles we overcome in intuitive eating. For many, it's tough to confront their food habits. That's why we are so... Thrilled that we have created this safe haven where we can actually chat about diet culture scaries, if you will, and how to combat that when it comes to making nourishing choices for your own unique needs. Speaking of which, what other pesky diet culture trends have you noticed during the holiday season?
1: Oh goodness, do you only want one? <laughs> I mean, there are so many ways diet culture is intertwined in our daily lives. I think with Thanksgiving specifically. We're obviously all gathering with friends and family that maybe we haven't seen in a while. A lot of people focus on what they look like and their weight specifically. And how we feel about how we look is something
0: that diet culture
1: really has a firm grasp on for many.
0: I absolutely agree, Emily. I mean, that was just so great. I mean, going back to my teen magazine Vogue days, that is what all the teen girls back in, what, 2010? That's what we wanted to look like. And I think Teen Vogue is still around today. I don't know. I haven't seen a magazine in a long time. But during my time as a teenager, every single teen on there was a size zero and they looked a certain way, and of course, as a growing girl, you're going to want to look like that magazine, and that doesn't just stop there. We are swarmed in social media, and we see all these influencers that don't even really look like what they seem to portray online, and it's all fake, and I am just so sick of, like, society's idea of beauty, because it doesn't exist. Like, we all look differently, and we're beautiful in different ways.
1: Yes, and there's, like, this This idea that society has of beauty that everyone feels like they have to live up to. And when you don't live up to it, you just feel so disappointed in yourself. And some people have to deal with comments from family about how they look. Sometimes Mm -hmm. family can be very blunt. (laughs) I love my family, but I have some family members that just really call it like it is. They will absolutely point out when you've gained or lost a few pounds.
0: That is such a big no-no. Let's not be body shamers and instead focus on uplifting compliments that don't revolve around looks because there's so much more to that. I've even jotted down some snazzy ideas the other day. Want me to pull out the list? Yes, I want to hear. Okay, here they are. Let me take a sip. Okay, here I go. Your energy is contagious and it brightens up the room.
1: Okay, (laughs) it's a bit cheesy, but I see where it's going. You can definitely weave that into a conversation,
0: maybe something like, oh, I just love your energy. True, true. Okay, here's a good one. I love how you handled today. It showed a lot of resilience. But to be honest, my favorite compliment out there that doesn't involve your body right now is, I love the vibes. The girlies love the vibes. And that right there is a great non-body compliment, and I just love it. We love the vibes.
1: Yes, because especially around the holidays, you're catching up with everyone, and the atmosphere is just so, like, how do you call it? Holiday spirit
0: It's It's a holiday spirit vibe.
1: Yeah. So when in doubt, when you want to comment on someone's weight, which I hope you never want to do that, but when you do, never. if you find yourself in that
0: situation, just remember the vibes. Just compliment the vibes. And the girlies know the vibes, and that is the vibe. And we (laughs) sip to that, Emily. Cheers. And besides the vibes, there's a whole world of ways to fist pump your pals, as we say in New Jersey, like praising their intelligence, how they light up your day, their inventive side, or their hustle, just to name a few. The point is, we can give props without fixating on looks. Here's to celebrating the whole package and the vibes. Cheers.
1: Cheers. So each episode we're serving up a spit out your drink moment and a spit out your drink moment is something absolutely absurd that we have heard related to diet culture that has made us literally spit out our drinks.
0: Emily. So get this. One of my clients spilled the beans that a trainer at her gym suggested she ditch our sessions to work with him and lose weight. Like cute in the eye roll. But when she said that we were already a team, the trainer went on a rant about how dietitians have it all wrong when it comes to promoting all macros. Apparently, according to him, protein and fat are the only way to go. I nearly choked on my drink hearing this absurdity.
1: Oh, no. I hope she told him he's got it all wrong because God made all macros for a reason. As someone who has years of experience in nutrition and learning how to feel properly, you can quote me on this. We need
0: carbs. Girl, he was not the vibe and not my cup of tea. Like, I cannot stand hearing that. In my book, the best type of carb is 100% a potato. Like, a potato can be mashed, fried, baked, and even turned into vodka. And that's my cup of tea.
1: And we cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Juliana, do you know what I hate? What do you hate, Emily? When somebody identifies and talks about problems, but doesn't
0: tell you how to fix them. Oof, that is such a pet peeve. We will always dish out the solution on this podcast.
1: Yes, we want to
0: pour up some advice to our listeners so that they can see a change. Absolutely. Grab your drink because we're about to sip the life out of these Thanksgiving triggers. Thanksgiving. First up, we talked about restriction. Did you know that there are actually different ways you could be restricting yourself?
1: Hmm. Tell me more.
0: Yes, girl. So we have physical restriction and emotional restriction. We talked about both earlier, but we didn't put a label on it.
1: So physical restriction is just what it sounds like. You're not giving your body the food that it needs. So you're skipping meals or you're saving up calories for a binge later Or you're severely limiting your portions at each meal.
0: Or maybe you've completely cut out a certain food group. You got it. Emotional restriction is when you're mentally putting yourself on a food blacklist. You might have, per se, a hit list of naughty foods that you think are off limits. Or maybe you're settling for fat-free, sugar-free ice cream when you're really craving the real deal. Fueling your body is important, but satisfying your cravings is just as important. Without that emotional satisfaction, you might actually be finding yourself wrestling with uncontrollable food cravings later on. Exactly. So what do we do about it? How can we stop restricting food physically
1: and emotionally?
0: Well, we have to absolutely start at the beginning, the root cause. To make sense of your limitations, we need to know what and why. Are you snipping emotional or physical ties? And why? Is it because of diet culture, a need for control, poor body image, or is it just a habit? We need to dive into the tea. We need to get into the vibes. Yes, girl. I love a good soul-searching expedition.
1: Buckle up because here we go. You absolutely have to dig deep and understand why you're doing what you're doing before you can start to fix the problem. If you're putting labels on food, like we talked about earlier, bad or good or healthy or unhealthy, then learning to unlearn those labels is a great second step.
0: Emily, my drink is almost empty from that comment, unlearn those labels. I love it. I so agree. Adding those foods back into your diet can absolutely help you feel more in control around those foods.
1: We can take all the preventative measures we want, but sometimes a binge just happens. So what do you do when you've restricted to a point where you binge on your Thanksgiving meal and eat past comfortable fullness?
0: Ooh, such a fabulous question. I agree. We all want to do what we can to prevent getting to that point. But if you do eat past comfortable fullness, one key piece of advice that I have is certainly hydration and movement. So let's say that you have a really large Thanksgiving meal and you definitely ate past your comfortable fullness. It's definitely important to stay hydrated. So when I say hydrated, I am referring to water. Don't pile up on water, but you definitely want to keep adequately sipping throughout the night so that you're just staying hydrated from all that food that you just had. The second piece, again, if you had a really large meal, comfortable past fullness. And this honestly goes beyond Thanksgiving. It really goes in general to any large meal that you're having and you're feeling uncomfortable. You definitely want to get moving. So I am definitely not referring to if you have a cupcake, you have to burn a thousand calories. I am referring to just gentle movement, something that makes you feel good. So often we always see, and you may have experienced yourself, you take a walk after Thanksgiving. And generally that is because you just want to move your body a little bit. So you're able to digest your food more. So again, we're not running a marathon, but even a walk around the block or a walk around the yard, or just staying active in the house, maybe like walking around the kitchen counter, stuff like that, that's all movement. And that can help you try to get over the comfortable fullness and go back to a point where you're feeling okay and comfortable. That's great advice.
1: I also think it's important to prevent yourself from going down a guilt spiral. It happens to the best of us. Sometimes, especially in social settings, it can be so easy to eat past fullness and ignore those cues that your body is giving you that it's full. If this happens, it's important to understand what happened and why it happened. So was it just really good food and you couldn't get enough? Were you distracted? Did you just outright ignore your fullness cues? Maybe you've been restricting and so you fell out of control around the food. Whatever the reason is, recognize it, acknowledge it, but don't let it drag you down. Think about strategies for next time, but don't harp on it because this could just send you straight down a guilt spiral.
0: Again, beautiful. Totally agree. And those are the vibes. And that is what I will say throughout this podcast, because we are the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> the guilt trip can lead to some cringeworthy choices in the name of redemption. It's just awful how influencers push this toxic narrative of excess exercise to burn off holiday indulgences. Ugh, we are so over it. I have to take a sip of my drink.
1: Over it. I've seen so many unique ways that people deal with their relationships with food. It's so important to know that relationships with food are individualized. What works for you may not work for others and vice versa.
0: My ultimate piece of wisdom? Team up. Sure, a dietitian is a no-brainer for building a healthy food bond, but don't forget to tackle the mental side. If you're struggling to keep things on track, Tapping into the power of mental health pros could definitely help you towards unlocking the door to a healthy relationship with food.
1: Exactly. Or your doctor if you feel like maybe you have an underlying medical condition that's really impacting your quality of life. Or even working with someone like a yoga, yoga instructor if you have a hard time handling stress or a personal trainer that aligns with your values. Whatever your cup of tea is, girl, sip on it.
0: Sip, sip, sip. I agree. <laughs> Seek out the professionals so you don't have to tackle it all on your own.
1: Well said. And to that, I- cheers. 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 Okay,
0: Today, we've me- talked
1: about some common triggers many people can feel around the holidays. We talked about food rules many people have and that they may not even know they have, like saving your calories for your Thanksgiving dinner, or going all in on certain foods because you only allow yourself to have said food around the holidays.
0: We also talked about diet culture and how that impacts self-image. We talked about different types of restriction and how to overcome those. I think we definitely sit the diet culture triggers away because my cup is empty.
1: Same, this Thanksgiving, we are grateful to have a space where we can
0: come together and talk about all the taboos surrounding food and eating habits. We hope you've benefited from this episode. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for an episode, please reach out to us. We're both on Instagram at the dietitian against dieting and at making it with Emily.
1: Absolutely. We would love to hear from you. And if you feel like you're struggling with any of the things we talked about today, we'd love to work with you. We both coach clients from an intuitive eating approach, and we'd love to help you build a healthy relationship with
0: food. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast listening platform.
1: Thank you for listening to the Drinks with Dietitians podcast, where the tea has officially been spilled.